The Systems, Strategy and Soul podcast is recorded on Ngunnawal country. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome to the Systems, Strategy and Soul podcast with Bree Boucher. I'm an online business manager and strategist who works with overworked, burnt-out coaches and course creators, helping them to manage and implement systems, strategy and soul into their businesses. Join me each week right here where we dive into a new subject or topic that will help you to leave the hustle behind so you can flow through your day with systems, strategy and soul. You're listening to the Launch Secret Series, where I, Brie Boucher, interview fellow introverts who share their secrets to launching, some of their launch mistakes, and what they've learned along the way. Let's dive in. Welcome back to System Strategy and Soul podcast. Today I'm speaking with Lindsay Allison, and we're talking all about introverts and launching, all that good stuff. So, Lindsay, I'd love for you to talk about who you are and and what you're all about. Yeah, so my name is Lindsay Allison. I'm a certified master marketer, and I am just into all things like tech, funnels, automations, and systems. But another part of me is I have a second business where I focus solely on summits with me and a business partner, and I know we're going to be talking about summits today. So in that context, I have hosted probably 10 summits. In the past few years, so I'm really excited to talk about that, especially as being an introvert. Mm, absolutely, super excited to hear about it, especially as you've had and hosted so many summits. You can really talk to that experience, and yeah, for, for introverts, I think it's really important to get different perspectives and different, you know, ideas of different ways we can, you know, market out in the world. So let's mm-hmm. start off with some icebreaker questions. What is your Myers-Briggs personality profile, if you know it? I'm an INFJ. I'm also an INFJ. Oh, yeah. INFJ <laughs> sisters. <laughs> it's like, isn't it like one of the rarest ones, too? I know. So it's I funny, know. though, to see so many. Agreed. I was just going to say the same thing. It is really funny, given it is supposed to be like the lowest percentile of all of the profiles, yet Mm -hmm. I find so many of us online in this world. So maybe there's something in that. All us digital online marketers are Mm -hmm. maybe, yeah, meant to be. All right. So I'd love to know how does being an introvert show up in your business? Yeah. So being an introvert affects my business. A lot. So like I know we're going to be talking about summits, like summits are a huge thing. So whenever I do any big launch or any big thing that requires me to show up a lot, what I've noticed is I need to pad with a lot of downtime. Right. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people get confused about like being an introvert and think it's you're shy. And so I'm definitely on the shyer side of being an introvert. It's actually two different things, but it's more like all of these conversations are doing so much work and having to be like on so much when we're doing these big collaborations or big launches in my business, I have learned that I need to pad it. I need to give myself some downtime or else I just kind of like burn out. And then I'm like unusable, like unreachable for like a week or so because I've just like burnt myself completely out. So it was a, it's taken me a few years to actually realize that pattern. 
So mm-hmm. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've had plenty of time where I have pushed through like launching like an extrovert and launching mm-hmm. like I see other people, you know, do and just go, 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 go without like allowing that kind of space for flow and like things to just like you know happen in the middle and for me and and as you're saying yourself um to recharge and just take a minute to like get that energy back up because Mm -hmm. yeah I agree it's often people think introverts are shy people and and like you said some of us are some of us are quite confident and are happy to show up on video and don't mind Mm -hmm. doing that but need to do that with the knowledge that we need to take a minute to like recharge afterwards because even though we're you know not seeing people in person necessarily we're still taking on that energy and like putting ourselves out there we need to then step back and just take a minute so yeah I I resonate with what you're saying about like how that shows up for you in Mm -hmm. your business and in summits in particular yeah so in saying that how what's your favorite way to re-energize and to Mm -hmm. you know get all that energy back. (laughs) Yeah. So I love to spend time with my kitty. He's actually passed out right next to me, but I like to kind of like unplug. I'm a huge Harry Potter fan Mm -hmm. and I tend to reread the books about once a year, like so much so that I've had to buy like two, two additional sets because like mine have been falling apart. Wow. Um, I know. (laughs) I I love it. It's like my favorite. Um, Some people don't get like why you reread, but I'm like, it's so massive you like forget all the fun little details yeah um, I like to listen to the audiobooks actually and I've heard those are amazing I haven't so done good. it yet though yeah that's a new way for you to, to get a different taste of it <laughs> I think I'll have to do that next but then yeah also just watching I know I said unplugged but also just watching like tv but really like re-watching old shows like I literally right before this just finished re-watching Sabrina the Teenage Witch from like the 90s nice. I think it was nice. the 90s with like Salem and you, you can tell my my tastes are are very more like more like kiddish. I know we're kind of still in the pandemic, but I would also like to go to Disneyland a lot because I'm in mm. Southern California. Yeah. Um, but I haven't been in almost two and a half years now, so I'm like really, really, really wanting to go because that's always fun just to go with my best friend and maybe mm. her daughter and just kind of like decompress. And I know you're around so many people, but it's just like. It's called the happiest place on earth. And it's like, my, it's my favorite. It's like yeah. my second home. So I love being, being there. I would even go by myself sometimes when my friend was pregnant. Like I would go a few hours early to yeah. actually go on rides because she couldn't. So yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're saying about like going to like a, a group of people like Disneyland would mm-hmm. sound really strange for an introvert, but it's one of those things that INFJs seem to do. Like we actually kind of want to be around people. And mm-hmm. almost like people watch and, you know, yeah. <laughs> see, how, like be around because, you know, you can become quite insular when you are an introvert. Mm-hmm. So I know what I'd like to do is like, I might just walk through a mall, through a shopping center, not necessarily there to be shopping, but mm-hmm. just to like absorb other people's energy for a minute or sit in like the food court in the restaurant area and just like, sit and mm-hmm. <laughs> have a minute with people so it's quite interesting just even the different nuances with different types of like well I mean different people would have different personality traits obviously but I mm-hmm. think within like the INFJ world um yeah. so for all the INFJs that might be listening they can probably mm-hmm. resonate and like yeah 
pick up on what we're saying. <laughs> yeah. And Disneyland yeah. is a great place to people watch. I will just yeah. say that too. That's pretty much what we would do. Like when my friend was pregnant, we would go, cause she couldn't go on any of the rides and we would just like sit and eat dinner or wait for the fireworks or phantasmic yeah. or something. And we just, I mean, we can go to Disneyland and not go on anything. Yeah. Cause you're just like in a, in a, it's, it's just an awesome experience. So, but yeah, yeah, being surrounded by all that energy, even though, even if you're by yourself or just with one other person. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. I've never been, well, I've never been to the States firstly, <laughs> but um, I would love to go to a, like a Disney world or a Disneyland. Just, you mm-hmm. know, there's, you know, one in, in Paris, I think, or in Europe. There's somewhere. one in Paris. Mm-hmm. And one in There's Paris, Japan. Tokyo, Hong yeah. Kong, Shanghai. Yeah. There might be one more. Oh, one day maybe I'll get to see at least one of them. <laughs> cool. So you mentioned that you like, you know, to watch re- or rewatch your favorite shows. Other than watching Sabrina, are you reading or watching anything else in the moment that is really helpful for you to recharge? One Tree Hill. So now oh, yeah. back to One Tree Hill. But I will say Buffy's also my favorite one to mm-hmm. rewatch. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I was, yeah. I'm like, too young to have watched it when it was actually on TV. Okay. But yeah. it's one of my favorite shows. Um, yeah. so I probably watch that at least once a year. Too, Amazing. So. Yeah. Well, I'm of the age that watched it on TV <laughs> when it was out. However, I didn't have the best TV reception where I lived, where I grew up. So it was really actually difficult to watch, <laughs> but it's one of my favorite shows, Buffy. And I think it's, it's definitely on the list of re-watching something rather than mm-hmm. trying something new like this there's, there's something about all the new shows unless it's like super raised like everyone's raving about it it's there's something about like the there's a fear about is it going to be good am I do, do I want to like invest my time and energy into this all right I'll just re-watch something else instead that's how I am too. And my sister, I have a younger sister. She's four years younger. She always kind of gives me like crap about it because like a lot of the old shows that I watch, I don't want to say they're, they're juvenile, but like today's shows, there's like so much violence or so, and which is funny. So talking about Buffy, but it's like that's supernatural. So that's not, that's slightly different, but like there's just so much sex or violence. And just sometimes it's just good to be in that like feel good yeah. space. And that's what I've noticed a lot for like older shows. Cause I'll yeah. probably rewatch Boy Meets World again sometime this yeah. time. Like, you know, just like those younger shows. And she's just like, you're such a child. I'm like, no, like I can watch the shows. I mean, I do. I have some of these like new shows, but mm-hmm. there's something I think about. It just feels comfortable and it's, it's comforting, especially when like everything's so crazy yeah. around the world and so heavy that to be in like that, that bubble, that, that happy place. And yeah. like I said, rewatching, you know, what's going to happen. So. Yeah. You can mentally you know, prepare if something's yeah. bad that's gonna happen, or you also kind of. So yeah, it's probably one of my 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 like I would re I would restart Sabrina again. I, again, I'm a cat person, so like mm-hmm. Salem's just my favorite. He always just makes me smile whenever yeah. I'm having a bad a bad Aww. day. Or same with Harry Potter. I know it gets dark towards the end, but mm-hmm. if you're a book person and have read it, I always mix up what's in the books and the movies because I read the books so much, and it's like yeah. the story starts to like piece itself together in my head but then I'll talk yes. to my sister and she's like I have no idea what you're talking about I'm like oh yeah that was a book thing like you should really read this like yeah. I have extras take it yeah but, absolutely so. yeah no I, we could probably talk for ages about could, books and, and maybe even tv <laughs> shows but we're here to talk about summer yeah. and launching so let's start mm-hmm. talking about that I guess 
we we know that probably like summits are one of your favorite launch strategies so like yeah. tell us why what's what's the reason what's your yeah like why does it, why does it keep being something that you want to keep doing mm-hmm. So summits, they're a huge undertaking, but they're a great way to collaborate, which so I know if you're an introvert, sometimes it like gets you really nervous or kind of kind of worried because you have to talk or connect with so many people. But what I have found is as an introvert, we actually connect really good when it's like one on one. So, right, like we're doing this podcast interview one on one. If you do interviews for your summit, it's one on one and yeah. it's most likely not live. Right. So you have this kind of safety net if you mess mm. up or if you need to edit or if you need to redo that, it takes some of the pressure off of a lot of these like live strategies that people have you showing up live every day, doing Instagram stories, doing IGTV, doing reels, which I haven't even manage to get into because I have no idea where to start and a little nervous about like looking stupid right (laughs) so summits are a great way though to expand your audience because you're connecting with other people so I'm not a huge fan of like requiring like any promotional efforts but you hope that when you have speakers participate like me being on this podcast like I'm excited to be on this podcast once the episode goes live I'm going to share it so it's kind of this you know reciprocity that you hope when somebody's speaking. So then you you have like you're using other people's audiences to grow your own. And that no like and trust factor is built so much quicker because it's basically like me being on your podcast. Now your yeah. guests, it's almost like you vetted me in order to be on this podcast, right? So there is yeah. that your the no like and trust that they're giving to you is now shifting, you know, yeah. being passed, yeah, passed along to me as well. And that's the big power of summits because I'm not the one that's going to be using all of these viral tactics to try to get new audiences, you know, all the time. And I'm sure a lot of us don't have money to like pour into ads to constantly get new, you know, new people. So the summits is I think great for introverts because it is more one-on-one connection Mm. and you're using other people's audiences and you don't I mean, I do have live aspects, but you don't have to. It kind of depends on how you feel with it. Because my my friend Tara, uh, the introvertpreneur, so she yeah. actually she just hosted her summit in uh, April. April, it was, yes. and she actually got rid of any live aspect for the summit because she was just so burnt out. Though, so mm. she did her summit completely pre-recorded, no even live aspects. So yeah, there are so many ways to change it to fit how you like to work and how you like to show up, which I think makes it so powerful. I'm interrupting this episode to tell you about today's sponsor, the launch Like an Introvert Starter Pack. Download this template pack from my shop today and get instant access to an Asana, Airtable or ClickUp launch project planner, a launch calculator and a debrief tracker. Available now. Yeah, absolutely. I was actually in Tara's summit as well. Me so too. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so what you touched on is that like there are two different ways. And I think let's just clarify, we're talking about this from mm-hmm. the perspective of being a host of a summit. Yes. You know, it, for the mm-hmm. most part, we might talk a little bit about being, you know, a participant or a, a collaborator. So there's the option to, you know, do interviews and having, you know, like conversations with people mm-hmm. or the pre-recorded video yeah. that, that I did with, you know, Tara's um, mm-hmm. summit. And I've seen your summit where you did, you know, mostly interview style. 
as mm-hmm. well. Was that right? Yeah. One of, yeah, at least I've one actually done one of each. I've seen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I've done one of each. I have done actually my March one. I decided to do something different because I hadn't done interviews since mm. my first summit in 2018. So I decided to like flip the switch and I really enjoyed it. But it was after a time that I have been doing summits for so long that kind of the addition of interviewing and chatting didn't really scare me. But I'll be hosting another summit in August or September, and that's going to be the pre-recorded. Yeah. Yes. And is that mostly because for your energy, like management or just Mm -hmm. for something different? Both. So I still like to hop on some sort of interview with every single speaker, typically Mm -hmm. like a short, like three to five minute conversation that I would tack in front of their pre-recorded presentation. But that is still way less energy. So, right. So if I have 20 speakers. And that's all like five minutes. That's so short. Where I say it's 20, like 30 to 60 minute interviews that does like wipe me, wipe me out. So, so it's an energy thing. And also from more of a editing on the backside, one is more work than when, than the other. So like the pre-recorded actually tends to be more work in editing and stuff um, and verifying because during an interview, you can guide the conversation and kind of, you mm-hmm. know, make notes that needs to be cut out. But with pre-recorded presentations, like you need to watch all of them. You need to make sure they're all up to standard. So there's, it's just like yeah, the workload right. is differently. So it depends where your energy, where you want to be spending your energy. And what I've been seeing now, which is what I might do for my next summit, I haven't fully decided, is giving people an option. Do you want me to interview you or do you want to submit a pre-recorded presentation? Because I'm in a summit coming up. And actually my business partner at some success squad, we're both in it, but both individually. And she chose an interview and I chose a pre-recorded presentation. Ah. So the summit's going to be mixed. I think whatever works for you and your energy and your capacity and where you want to be spending your time. Yeah, for sure. For sure. And as a host, like, how do you see, you know, that sort of energy management come into play for introverts during like the planning, the the actual live element of the Mm -hmm. summit and like you know the the fact that we're talking about summits we're talking about them as a launch method as well so how does that all flow um have you have you seen that flow for you yeah so I highly recommend having at least 90 if not 120 days runway for a summit yeah so what happens is you should be doing a lot of stuff behind the scenes moving up to actually the live week. And what has happened in the past of, of summits that we've hosted has either been poor management or just life happens or like I've had to edit videos and stuff like literally leading up to the summit week or literally like a day or two before the interview goes live. So then like I am just wiped out from work. So yeah. now we're, we're really good at kind of managing stuff. So like the planning is always the most exciting part, I think, as an introvert, because you're there with all of your ideas, you are looking for like minded people. So as introverts, like we can have conversations, if it's something that we really enjoy talking about and something that lights us up. So like looking for those similar people, all of that is so much fun. It can be draining when you're getting like no's for your summit, it's going to happen regardless. And like, don't take it personally, because most of the time, it has absolutely nothing to do with you and then you know like the work starts so it's really just planning the work ahead of time and 
I'm the crazy person who doesn't have any help. So every summit I've done has been completely by myself Yeah, or it's just me and my business partner. So we don't have like a VA. It's been all us. So literally everything from creating the website to copy to outreaching to rest, like all of that has been on, on us. Um, And the only reason I'm able to do this is because we've been doing it since 2018. Right. So I have like my systems systems down, but it's like, just mapping stuff out on the calendar and actually getting stuff done. Like say, okay, I have 20 speakers. I'm going to nail five like speaker pages done and like VIP, like option pages done, like for five speakers this week. Then the next week do five more. Like the last thing you want to do is have everything bucking up to the deadline. And that's when you start Mm. to get stressed. And then you don't even want to show up during the live week. And I will say the live week is the most draining if you're doing any live aspects, it's still mm-hmm. stressful, even if there's not, because there's going to be tech problems. Again, that's something totally unavoidable. Some, like something's yeah. going to break. Sure. Something's going to break for at least one person, if not more. So what I actually, this was not intended, but my September summit last year, my twin brothers turned 21 and literally they wanted to go to Vegas. So we went to Vegas the weekend before my summit went live. And I was like, <laughs> at first I was so nervous thinking about it, but actually getting away yeah. and not being at the computer, obviously everything had to be done beforehand because I was in Vegas mm-hmm. for like five or six days, which is a long time. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's a long time. Um, that, that took my mind off of it to like, doing something fun or out of your normal and not really working actually did help energize me for that summit. But yeah, I still, the next week though, also in that weekend, I just make sure I have absolutely nothing planned so I can do nothing. Like if I I can just rest because I haven't actually found anything that makes the summit week easier in terms Mm -hmm. of energy because you still have to show up in some sense. Or, yeah. or another absolutely yeah for sure because like you know you want to have a presence you want to be seen because mm-hmm. remember again it's like part of it's part of like a launch strategy as well mm-hmm. because you're you're highlighting obviously all of these other people and those other people are going to be part of like the ecosystem to bring more leads into your world mm-hmm. but what happens after the summit, you know, like, so you talked about having a break after the summit. When, when does mm-hmm. then a, like a launch sort of period mm-hmm. or phase or sequence, all that start for you? Yeah. So you can launch right off the back end of the summit. I think a lot of it does have to do with energy. And I think it depends how your summit is, you know, set, set up. Like, Because you're going to have all of these new people, but if they're not actually learning from you or seeing you, they're going to need to be nurtured more. Mm -hmm. So this is part of the reason why I at least like to show up on, on video in every single interview, even just for that, like that quick few minutes, as well as doing some live aspects. But Mm -hmm. a lot of it's also an energy. And if you think about it, if you have a five day summit and you're sending like two to three emails a day for an entire week, the last thing your audience wants though, is to go into an entire sale sequence. Yeah. So I would say, like, even if you just wait a week and kind of give them a break, but if you can do longer, you have to think of a summit as a longer game strategy. So it's, it is a launch strategy, but it's more of like a lead funnel, right? It's a lead yeah. type thing where you're getting all of these people in the door. And now it's your, like, it's your job to then nurture and let them know who you are 
Absolutely. And ideally your summit's going to tie into what you are planning, you know, on yeah. and hopefully Absolutely. it's, you know, hopefully it is addressing like some objections on stuff that you're going to want to cover, but you can also use the summit to figure out, okay, these were the topics my audience like watched the most. So this is what they're like most interested in. And it can also help kind of guide your launch. So at yeah. least a week, but I would say even, even longer. So you have time to nurture these, these new mm. leads. Um, so I think. Absolutely. That's a really great point because, you know, summits are one of those things, like you said, it's like a long-term marketing strategy. It's like that thing, it's something that will over time like compound and, you know, mm-hmm. you'll, you'll just keep adding more and more kind of reasons to your email list as to why like they should be kind of jumping into something with you. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily like something that you're going to like jump, you know, get people signing up for straight away unless it's Mm -hmm. super super like targeted that Mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense with that you know summit strategy the whole like purpose of the summit Mm -hmm. so it sounds like to me that perhaps a summit is something for someone to host when they're a little bit further along in their online business kind of journey would that be right I have mixed feelings on that. So you can yeah. do it when you're earlier. I think the main thing is, is there's a lot of bad advice out there right now that it's saying like, even like jumpstart your business with the summit, go mm-hmm. after these people with 5,000 like email lists, like have yeah. that as a requirement, you know, make them. And what happens is that like all of the benefit is on you, right? There's really yeah. no benefit for, for the speakers. Like, yes, you are bringing all these people together, but it's like, it's still, it really lands on you. So you can have a summit when you're just starting out. I would recommend smaller though, and pay attention to little bit smaller people and start building up the relationships and use it more as a relationship builder Mm -hmm. and kind of testing the water. It's not going to be something that your list isn't going to grow by like 5,000 people. You're going to make all of this money, but it's a way Mm -hmm. to start getting your face and your name out there. The biggest concern though with newer people though, is the capacity to get all of this stuff done. But my other thing would be is you don't have to mimic these big, like mine are these five day summits with all of these live aspects and all of these additional things. You can Mm. keep it simple. Yeah. You know, it doesn't have to be a five day, maybe just host a one day summit or a three day summit and don't have any live because you can start building and building and building. And me and Jenny, when we did our very first summit, it looks nothing like our summits now, right? And yeah. we keep on and each summit now we add or we take away something that didn't work or we didn't like. Yeah. So start small. Yeah. But yeah, I would yeah. say the biggest thing is it's a lot of work and you're probably going to need some sort of help if you're newer because there's a lot of kind of like tech involved. Yeah. Um, but if you can afford some help to help with that tech aspect and you're not like afraid to go do these interviews or something like that, I think it's a great like lead, lead magnet. You just got to think of it as that way. It's, it's a mm. lead magnet rather than say like a revenue generate, like it's not saying you can't make money, but I think there's a yeah. lot of, there's a lot of false information on how much you can make with someone's like right off the bat. There's a lot of stuff that goes into that. So just yeah. like manage the expectations, I think is the mm. biggest thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And I think, you know, you probably don't have enough time today to talk about like the, 
the other side of the summits and in that people use them for like a financial kind of mm-hmm. you know finance generating money generating exercise but really you know they are first and foremost a lead generating exercise mm-hmm. and monetary wins are good you know as a secondary result but not necessarily like shouldn't be your first and foremost kind of you know thing that you're approaching it with mm-hmm. so for maybe the the people that are a little bit earlier on in the in the journey and not potentially as tech savvy as they as they can be perhaps maybe like being a presenter in a summit mm-hmm. or a couple of those to start off with be like the better way and they can sort of see how these all work in the background and and get a get a bit of an understanding on how how it all works and um, would that be what you think yeah I think thing? that's I think that's a great tip because you're right because there's a lot of stuff that goes on behind the scenes that you don't know so as a mm. speaker you yeah. get to see um, hopefully you have a good summit host that's doing like good best practices and like yeah. following up and sending you the right stuff but you get to see how stuff actually works yeah. Because there's a lot of stuff behind the scenes that you don't actually see if you're just an attendee. And I would say being an attendee at several is also a good thing to do. Mm. So then you can see what you like from an attendee perspective as well. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about market research, you know, and that can be part of, you know, the strategy to figure out what sort of summit you want to produce into the future. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's awesome. So, Let's leave it here, but I wanted to, yeah, get people to reach out to you. So where can mm-hmm. people find you online? Is there a new summit coming up that we can be, you know, told about? What's, what's happening in your world? Yeah. So the best place since we're talking all about summits will be to do my uh, business that I own with my business partner, Jenny. It's called Summit Success Squad and we have a freebie. It's our five piece summit planning framework and it's a blueprint that goes over our like five pillars of planning a summit. So if you go to summitsuccesssquad.com slash blueprint, double check all of those S's when you're like typing that we'll out. Make sure it's a in lot. the show notes for you. <laughs> or uh, Summit Success Squad on, on Instagram. We do have a summit coming up in October, but we don't have anything actually up for it yet, but it will be all about visibility. Oh, cool. Fantastic. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for coming on today. It was so great to talk to you. And yeah, um, thank you. Yeah. Thanks so much for listening to the System, Strategy and Soul podcast with Brie Voucher. I hope you've enjoyed this episode and I would love it so much if you would let me know by rating and reviewing it on Apple Podcasts. Leaving me a five-star review if you feel so inclined or screenshot and tag me on Instagram at Voucher so we can get this podcast into the ears of the people who need to hear it. Until next time, this has been the System, Strategy and Soul podcast with Brie Boucher.